0: July 1st, Acts chapter 21, verses 1 through 17. After saying farewell to the Ephesian elders, we, Luke, Paul, and their companions, sailed straight to the island of Coz. The next day, we reached Rhodes, and then went to Patara. There we boarded a ship sailing for the Syrian province of Phoenicia. We sighted the island of Cyprus, passed it on our left, and landed at the harbor of Tyre in Syria where the ship was to unload. We went ashore, found the local believers, and stayed with them a week. These disciples prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go on to Jerusalem. When we returned to the ship at the end of the week, the entire congregation, including wives and children, came down to the shore with us. There we knelt, prayed, and said our farewells. Then we went aboard, and they returned home." The next stop after leaving Tyre was Ptolemais, where we greeted the brothers and sisters, but stayed only one day. Then we went on to Caesarea and stayed at the home of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven men who'd been chosen to distribute food. He had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. During our stay of several days, a man named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. When he visited us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands with it. Then he said, The Holy Spirit declares, So shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, and turned over to the Romans. When we heard this, we who were traveling with him, as well as the local believers, begged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. But he said, Why all this weeping? You are breaking my heart. For I am ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but also to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and said, The will of the Lord be done. Shortly afterward we packed our things and left for Jerusalem. Some believers from Caesarea accompanied us and they took us to the home of Nason, a man originally from Cyprus, and one of the early disciples. All the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem welcomed us cordially. Today we're reading from Psalm 149 verses one through nine. God's people should be a singing people. You are reminded again that praise pleases God and beautifies God's people. God's word is your sword, and it should be on your lips as well as in your hand. Praise is a wonderful weapon for defeating the enemy.
1: The human soul is so bent we don't want the actual God of the universe. We want a God of our own design. When we are half-hearted about the things of God, the pressures and the brokenness of the world will more than likely eventually render us no-hearted about the things of the Lord. It's our turn to be valiant. It's our turn to be prayerful. It's our turn uh, to make war against injustice. It's just our turn. And the people before us were faithful to the Lord and, and now it's, our run. And I don't know how long our run lasts, but it's our turn. We're here. The world hadn't changed. Uh, It's just our turn to be filled with the Holy Spirit, informed by the Word of God, and to press into the darkness with calloused knees and calloused hands. Not just calloused knees and not just calloused hands, both. Both. And so I thought we would look at King Uzziah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he began to reign, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and he set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. The Bible tells us he finds Zechariah, and he wants to be trained, and he wants to be trained in something very specific, and he wants to be trained in a fear of God. He wants to be trained in a fear of God. He wants to be trained in being able to see, savor, sit in, um, marinate in the greatness and majesty of God. He wants to feel small. Like what a countercultural pursuit for us. I want to feel small. I, I want to know there's something bigger and more powerful and more mighty than I am. I want to be smaller. I know I'm king of Judah, but king of Judah is nothing compared to king of the universe. I want to feel tiny. Train me in this. There are two kind of pieces, two kind of strengths that begin to be developed in the heart of someone who is growing, being trained in a fear of god a fear of the lord the majesty of god the size of god the scope of his sovereignty and power creates two things in the hearts of those who are his creates wisdom and knowledge he knows i don't i'm going to submit to that and it creates courage it creates courage because god is god and who could stay his hand right i mean if i'm a child of the king what do i what have I to fear if I've been purchased by His blood, if I'm a, an adopted son, if, my, if I'm an heir of, of the promise, if I inherit new heavens and new earth and I get uh, unfettered access to God, what have I to fear? Like, what could you do to me? Not like me? Kill me? What could you possibly take from me? See, you start to grow in confidence and you don't grow in confidence in you. See, the fear of the lord doesn't produce confidence in you in fact it doesn't even produce confidence in your faith but rather the object of your faith our confidence grows in that god is able god is willing god is at work god will win the ultimate victory belongs to the lord and our confidence begins to grow and and then one of the things that that I, I I want to fight for all, all the days that God gives me breath is, is this kind of weak notion that that piety somehow equals passivity. You know that if you're a pious man, a pious woman, that somehow equals kind of this uh, weird quiet meekness where you just kind of cross your fingers and hope God will. And, and because that's definitely not what we see in the Bible. In fact, pious men and women in the Bible are ferocious. And so, Uzziah gets up off of his knees, uh, closes his Torah, filled with the Word of God, blown away by the majesty of God, and he rejects passivity and he gets to work. Now, my, my hope is anchored in one place, and it is anchored in this truth, that the gospel of Jesus Christ can penetrate any and every darkness and is the only hope any of us have around any of this. And so I, I refuse to lose hope in the midst of what appears to be madness. Because I know we win. I know we win. And I know one day all of this nonsense will vanish.